nobody uses propolis for anything. And I was like, actually, um, you're just throwing away this gold. Yeah, I was like, you're throwing away gold. What are you doing? Hey, everyone. I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Beekeepers Naturals founder, Carly Stein. Carly left her Cush finance job to found Beekeepers Naturals in 2016. She herself is a beekeeper and a tireless advocate for the preservation of the waning global bee population. Carly was recently recognized as a game-changing entrepreneur on the 2019 Forbes 30 Under 30 list. We're going to hear her story, learn how her team uses potent nutraceuticals to craft specialty wellness products. Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Hey, hey! Hi! How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's so, so nice to chat. Yeah, it's so fun to be connecting. I mean, we met what, like in 2016 or something? Yeah, long time ago. Yeah. But, and you were like maybe just launching, I want to say at the time. I think I was. I think it was like actually just before I was launching in a real way. And I was like, you were so nice to me. And I was like picking your brain on everything. Yeah. Well, that's good. I was like, I'm very, I remain very excited and was at the time very excited about what you were doing. So for those who don't know, we want to hear like the full story. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get into this beekeeping thing? Your path is like definitely not traditional, which I would say is true for most entrepreneurs. So give us the full lowdown. Yeah. So born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, I'm Canadian. And um, basically I, I had chronic tonsillitis my entire life. So I, I don't know if any listeners have had tonsillitis. It's really annoying. It's kind of similar feeling to strep throat if you aren't familiar with it, but basically your tonsils get super inflamed, infected on the regular. Um, and I'm also autoimmune and I'm allergic to most strains of antibiotics. So I was in this situation where I was constantly sick and couldn't really find a solution because I didn't really fit into the Western medical model, you know, antibiotics were not an option for me. It was deemed by my doctors too dangerous to take out my tonsils because of my autoimmune and because, you know, what would happen if I got infected? Um, And I just couldn't really find a solution. And it was really frustrating because, you know, fortunately tonsillitis is not life-threatening, but it absolutely impacted my life. I would miss, you know, weeks of school at a time. I was, I was getting sick, like, you know, once a month, maybe sometimes more. How long Um, would it last? often three weeks. And was this like from birth? No, it started when I was like nine years old ish. And do we know how this started? No, no I mean, a, a lot of, it's not uncommon. A lot of people struggle with tonsillitis, but the and then they just get their tonsils started. removed. Yeah, they get their tonsils removed. Got it. Um, and it's typical, you know, a lot of people will struggle with it in childhood, get their tonsils removed, they're fine. Just for me, unfortunately, getting my tonsils removed wasn't an option. And like the typical course of treatment wasn't an option. So I was basically left in this situation where I was constantly sick and like, you know, again, it's not life-threatening. So there wasn't, you know, there wasn't like this crazy need to solve this problem, but it, it meaningfully affected my life. Yeah. So that was kind of, that occupied a lot of time and a lot of my thoughts. And um, from a pretty early age, I started exploring the world of wellness because I had to, I had no other option. And That was an interesting experience because I found a lot of, I found a lot of incredible tools that I still, you know, very much incorporate into my life today. But I also kind of became disillusioned with the wellness industry and the supplement industry because there was a lot of like 
there's a lot of stuff that was expensive and fancy and promised the world and had pretty packaging and had celebrity faces behind it, but just didn't really deliver on results. And so I just felt very frustrated. I didn't fit into any one system. I didn't feel like there was, you know, efficacy or products I could trust um, on the natural side. And then on the other side, I didn't feel like there were ingredients that were clean enough or suited to somebody with a sensitive system like myself. So that was just my life. Um, and, you know, I was constantly doing research. I thought I was going to grow up and become a researcher. I thought I was going to be a cancer researcher. Um, so I went to college. I went to University of Victoria in British Columbia. And I did a social science degree. And I, while I was, I did mostly a focus on biology. And um, I did a semester abroad one year. And it was my, I went, I was studying in Sweden. But while I was there, I traveled all over Europe. Um, and that was, that was in 2012, I think. Um, and that was like a big thing for me because, you know, I busted my butt waitressing to be able to afford to do that. And it was like my big trip on my own. I had never done something like that before. And, um, you know, got to Sweden, loving life, went with all my friends, my exchange program friends to Italy one weekend. The second we landed in Italy, I got severe tonsillitis. And um, it was really severe. I was having a really hard time breathing and, you know, talking to my parents and I was like, oh my gosh, do I have to come home? And I was just like, no, I, I've missed out on every, like, I'm always kind of on the bench because of this and I'm not, I'm just not going home. Um, and so I was, you know, obsessively researching, which was not new for me <laughs> and looking for anything. And I went into a pharmacy in Florence and there was this really cool pharmacist and I spoke to her for like an hour, you know, riddled off my long list of allergies, shared my experience. And she looked at me at the end of my whole monologue and she was like, you need propolis. And I was like, okay, what's that? Never heard of this stuff before. And she's like, you know, from the bees. And I was like, oh, so honey. And she's like, no, 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 totally different thing, propolis. Um, and so like many of us, I didn't know that the bees did anything beyond honey at that time, but I was willing to try anything. She explained it to me. Um, I obviously had a connection with her because she let me rant for an hour and listen to all of my issues. And she gave me this tincture of propolis and told me how to take it. Went home, did a ton of research on it, found some really cool stuff. I mean, I, I my first PubMed search, I was like, wow, there's there's some real science behind this. How have I never heard of this weird propolis stuff before that the bees make? Um, and I started using it and it took away my tonsillitis in five days. And that had never happened to me before. I had never just like had that experience of taking something and recovering. And so that was a game changing moment for me. Um, and I definitely wasn't like, oh, light bulb, start a business. I was just like, cool, found my stuff. I can keep living my life. This is awesome. And bee products are the best. And so I started, you know, doing a ton of research on bee products. I was traveling all over Europe and Europe's quite progressive with natural medicine. There's also a different awareness of how to utilize the more medicinal bee products from the hive in Europe, because in North America, like honeybees are not native to North America. They were brought over by European settlers. So the ways that we work with them are kind of naive or, you know, kind of basic. Um, what, so we just have other kinds of bees here, but we didn't have any, we couldn't make honey in America before. Yeah. So there are like tons of different bee species, yeah. kind of solitary bees. Um, but 
And they were brought over a long time ago, but yeah, we didn't have honeybees in North America. They were brought over by European settlers and they were brought over really for honey and for pollination. And so that's how we use them. And, you know, I can say not to like fast forward too much in the story, but when I started this, I oftentimes had to like go into apiaries and teach people how to harvest propolis because people were just like, why would you want propolis? Like nobody uses propolis for anything. And I was like, actually, um, you're just throwing away this gold. Yeah. I was like, you're throwing away gold. What are you doing? Um, but it was really interesting because propolis, royal jelly, pollen, these products are quite commonplace in Europe. I mean, I found propolis literally at like the equivalent of a CVS in Italy. Like it was not really quick. What part of the hive or where does the propolis like live? Mm -hmm. As I say my propolis. Um, so I'll do like a little B101, a little breakdown here. So I'm totally interrupting the story, but I'm just like, no, 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 no. This is like where it's coming from. This is literally the interesting part. So honey, I'll start with honey because everyone knows and loves it. So honey, you can think of as the bees carbs. It's their food, their energy source. Honey comes from floral nectars. So the bees have this long tube like tongue. They'll go fly out to flowers, stick their tube like tongue into the flower, suck up the nectar. They bring it back in their honey stomach. They have two stomachs, one that's like basically a nectar backpack and one that's like a normal stomach. Um, and so they collect the nectar, bring it back to the hive. It, it mixes with their enzymes. They let it ferment. They fill the cells with it. It becomes like the sticky, delicious substance we love called honey. And like I said, for the bees, honey is their carbs. It's their energy source. For humans, honey is great for so many reasons. It has a lower glycemic index as far as sweeteners go. It's full of antioxidants. It has immune supporting properties, um, full of live enzymes. So great for digestion. A lot of reasons to work with honey. Love honey. Um, so that's honey. And then propolis, you can think of more as like the medicine of the hive. So while honey, the base ingredient is flowers, floral nectars, the base ingredient of propolis is plant and tree resin. So think of like sap from a tree, which is literally the immune materials of the plant. So the bees will go collect these plant and tree resins, collect the sap, mix it with their enzymes, bring it back to the hive. And then what they do with it is they line the entire hive with propolis to keep it germ-free. So propolis is literally like the first line of defense against germs, pathogens, They'll line the inside of the cell wall for newborn baby bees to create a sterile environment for newborns. They have a propolis mat at the front entrance of the hive so that people can dis people so that bees can disinfect as they come in. Um, and, you know, propolis, it's really cool. And it's really interesting too, because we have a really long history with propolis. Like the first recorded human use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. Um, in the 17th century, propolis was actually listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. And, you know, people use propolis and love propolis because it's antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, really, really full of antioxidants. Um, so it's basically like a natural protector and immune yeah. supporter. So, you know, we have this really long history with propolis. Um, so just to jump back into the story, I thank you for all this research I was using. I can go way down the bee rabbit hole and I'll probably go back there and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but, but yeah, so I was using propolis my first time having the experience of like actually recovering without an adverse reaction or anything like that. Um, then I was, I was finding all these really cool studies. Um, 
about, you know, the different ways that propolis can affect your immune system, how it can affect inflammation, even how it can affect digestion. So I was really excited about it. Continued traveling around, had the time of my life. Honestly was like, not only was it amazing because I was 21 years old and in Europe or 20 years old and in Europe, it was amazing because for the first time I wasn't getting sick every, like all, <laughs> all the time. Um, and I wasn't stressed about it. I didn't have like the sick anxiety. It's really interesting actually, you know, it's experiencing COVID because I lived a lot of my life with like this real anxiety about getting sick. Yeah. Just missing things and like what I would going to do and, and like disaster planning all the time. Um, so anyways, it's, it's been an interesting experience for me, but for the first time in my life, I, I wasn't scared of getting sick and I wasn't, you know, having to sit out and I wasn't locked in my room, quarantining myself for like two to three weeks at a time. Um, so completely fell in love with bee products, finished my time abroad, came back home to finish up university. And of course got sick when midterms rolled around and, um, I wasn't worried. I was like, you know what? All good. I just need to go get some propolis. So I went to the local health food store. I found a ton of Manuka honey, a ton of really cool honey products, no propolis. No one really had any idea what I was talking about. I went to like every health food store and you know, this is 2012 in Victoria, British Columbia. So it wasn't like the booming health industry that we have now, but people really didn't know what I was talking about when I brought up propolis. I finally found propolis at a farmer's market. It was very expensive. I was very excited. I used it and I had a really severe allergic reaction. Really? And so I was freaking out because I was like, I used this for seven months while I was abroad. What is happening? Like, I, I need this. This is my whole thing. Wait, what's what happened in this allergic reaction? Hmm. So at the time I was a TA for my chemistry class. So I was pretty comfortable in the lab. So I took the product I bought and I did a toxicity panel on it to figure out like, is there something else other than propolis in here that I'm allergic to? And there was trace amounts of pesticides in it. And so that's when I was like, then I, then I went down this other rabbit hole of pesticide regulation and what's happening in our environment and learning about, you know, how, and it was organic propolis that I purchased, by the way, at this farmer's market and learning how like organic is not adequate when it comes to bee products because the bees fly. So just oh. because you're sitting on organic land, the bees will forage for like a five mile radius. And oh, so wow. it's like, it's the most massive stretch of land ever. And you know, all your neighbors are using organic practices. There's a good chance the bees will get exposed to some other chemicals. And for most people it's, you know, trace amounts, it's not going to affect them. But for me with my autoimmune, it really does. So I was, so really what kind of allergic reaction did you have though? Did you have like swelling of the throat? Like yeah, my throat yeah. swelled up and I, I had hives basically all over my body. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And I look, it looked like adult chicken pox. I have some really, really fun, cute pics from college. Um, so, so yeah, I was really, I was really bummed. I was like really, really upset. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I need to move to Europe because I'm completely screwed. Um, and then, you know, I, I kept sort of researching, reading about the bees, reading about bee products, reading about pesticide regulations. And I was like, you know what, I, if I just do this myself and start beekeeping, then, you know, I can choose my grounds and do it in a remote area. And like, you know, I only really need one hive. 
Um, it's just me that I'm servicing here. Um, I can, I can basically control product quality. So I started doing that. I started beekeeping in the middle of the woods in British Columbia. I found myself a mentor, um, shout out to John, who's awesome. He was a third generation. He is a third generation beekeeper from Romania. And he is a retired biochemist who moved to Canada to basically like be a recluse and live in the woods. He's since moved back to Romania because he's got grandchildren now, but I became his apprentice and it was- How'd you find him? I found him at the local beekeeping association. I just went online and found like this meetup and I went to this meetup and everyone's like, who is this little girl? This is, and I was just like asking all these annoying keener questions. Um, So did he help you like find a location for this first hive? Yeah. Yeah. He helped me, he helped me with everything. And basically I was working for him for free. Um, What was he doing with the, was he harvesting honey or? He was harvesting honey and selling it. Yeah, selling it at markets, just the honey, not, not really anything else. Um, and yeah, so I started doing that. And then it was this really- Okay, wait, you got to dive into this a little bit more for me though. So you meet this guy and then he like what? He has a queen. Like, how does this start? Yeah, he has a few hives. I think he had like okay. three or four hives. And, um, you know, I where I was, was on, I was in Victoria, British Columbia. So there was actually like some pretty good landscapes for beekeeping that are pretty clean. There's like a lot of wild woods there. Yeah. Um, and so he was already in an area that was pretty remote. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, I was going like after classes and on weekends to basically work with his hives. He taught me, you know, I started off, he was just like letting me clean hive tools and giving me, you know, B101s all the time. I think he was at the time, like, he moved to Canada to kind of like write a book and be remote and live this life. And then he's like, I'm kind of lonely. And and then I was like this little keener girl that I guess reminded him of his kids. Yeah. Um, you're like this little sponge, like, tell me everything I want yeah, to know yeah. all about how to do this. And did he know how to harvest propolis at this point? Oh, yeah. 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 He, he knew everything. everything. He knew everything because in Romania, propolis is like medicine. Like that's what okay. you eat when you're sick. Like, you know, the way we know Advil is the way people in specifically Eastern Europe would know propolis. Like okay. it's just like what people use to, to avoid getting sick, period. It's like super common. It's interesting to like more and more as the company grows, we're getting inquiries from, you know, international retailers and just like the awareness versus North America. When we started selling here, I had to go into stores and I still do have to go into stores in North America and be like, this is what propolis is. This is what honey is. And I, I love doing that because I had no idea. And this to yeah. me is like, next wave of science and wellness and there's just so much we can do with these bee products so there's literally nothing I love more than talking about it but it's so interesting because in other parts of the world people are like okay stop talking I've been using this since I was like three um yeah so so really really cool um but yeah so I completely fell in love with beekeeping I also you know I I went grew up growing up in Toronto I went to UVic a little bit because I've always been a hardcore environmentalist and UVic was like kind of like a hippy dippy school. Oh, UVic. Okay. That's the school. Yeah. University of Victoria. Like not a lot of East in Canada, not a lot of East coast kids really go to the West coast. My mom is from British Columbia. So I grew up visiting and my mom is like super champion of the environment, very, very hippy dippy. And so I kind of grew up with that and, you know, having conversations about the state of affairs with the environment and all of like this, that was just like normal for me. And so um, very much. I was at the right place, right time. How hippy dippy was the childhood? 
not that hippy dippy. Like my mom was a school teacher, um, but Toronto is like a big city and I grew up downtown Toronto and my mom just like very much opted out of city stuff. Um, So it wasn't hippy dippy. Like I wasn't, it was funny because like I, I didn't really eat healthy food but it was hippy dippy in conversation about the environment. I actually had a horrible diet growing up now that I think about it. Really? Like what? Just like really, like I ate a lot of candy. I mean, this wasn't my parents' fault per se, but like I just ate a lot of candy. Interesting. Like I'm definitely not going to let my kids do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, I ate a lot of like bagel bites and toaster strudel yeah. and like pizza bagels and yeah. I mean, my mom cooked, but it was the same thing. It was like the eighties. I don't know. Like they just didn't have, I mean, my mom's like crazy healthy now, but didn't, you know, there just wasn't the same information available. So it wasn't primal. I mean, no. we were just like, we, we didn't know, you know? No, I mean, people were still like carb loading and, you know, buying low fat, hundred calorie Nabisco snack packs. Right. I mean, God, I remember those. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So yeah. there's, so um, all this was familiar. Yeah, all this was familiar. All this was really exciting for me. I was in this great period of time where I was the TA for my chemistry class. And then my hobby was beekeeping. So I was literally like going out into the apiary, working with bees, working with bee products, learning everything I can, and then bringing it over to the lab and perfecting the product for myself. And still not thinking about starting a company, never took a business course. I was like, I'm a science person. This, this is where I'm, you know, this is just like, for me, this is me solving my own problems. Um, and then I started to, first of all, my friends thought it was completely insane what I was doing. Cause now it's like kind of cool and hipster to be a beekeeper, but like 2012, when you're in college, my friends were like, where are you going? You're going into, let me get this straight. You're going into the woods with like a 60 year old dude who just moved here from Romania and you're, you're wearing like a hazmat suit and working with bees. And I was like, yep, totally. And you're doing, and, and, like, and so then is he providing you with medicinal propolis this whole time then? Yeah, he was getting your own. Yeah. Okay. Like he, he wasn't selling that. He was only selling honey. So he okay. was like, yeah, you can take the propolis, whatever. Like I keep saying propolis, but it's propolis. No, you can say whatever you want. Like, uh, we, a lot of, it's funny because like certain Certain parts of Europe, people say propolis. I say propolis. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll go with tomato situation. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was working hard. I was like, have you seen beehives? Like the hive boxes? I was like heavy lifting stuff for him. He's like sitting in a chair reading. And I was like, you know, I was doing hard work. Um, so it wasn't a horrible deal for him. Although I am endlessly grateful. It was such an unbelievable experience for me. Um, but anyways, so you know, my friends all think I'm completely insane and I'm working with the bees and just falling madly in love and becoming more and more righteous about how important the bees are to the environment. And like somebody give me a chair to stand on so I can tell everyone about how the bees are foundational to our ecosystem. And I'm still, you know, saying that same thing years later. Um, But my friends, you know, I started giving out product to friends and Next thing you know, my roommate was like, oh, I had a sore throat and I used the propolis and it went away. Like I woke up this morning and it was gone. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, and then it just kind of like word of mouth. I started sharing product with, you know, friends, friends of friends. And then next thing you know, people were Facebook messaging me um, to come buy bee products out of my dorm room. And I was like, okay, we're, you know, we're in 
Canada and these are broke college students and they're willing to pay a premium to buy these natural products out of like some weirdo's dorm room. So maybe there's more people that want a different option. Like this and is at this point in time, is it just spoonfuls of propolis? No. So I, I literally like online was buying like little tinctures. I would like fill them. I did this all in the lab. So I had equipment, Okay. but like I was making like 10 bottles of something at a time. Like okay. this was not a lot. And then like, I would do it by order. So someone would- And it was spray or what? It was a tincture. It was like it a, was a tincture. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Someone would literally Facebook message me and be like, can I buy four? And then I would like go make four. Um, and give it to them. And I'd be like, I need, I need a month because I need to order more bottles. <laughs> or I'd go to like Dollarama and like buy little, um, makeup, like empty makeup things and put okay. it in. There. Um, when I got really smart about it, I started using to be more economical. I started using like my make, like, you know, different like makeup places give you like the little sample things. Oh yeah. Started putting it in those. Cause I was like better margins. Yeah. This is free packaging. Can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, but it was working for people. And I was like, one, there is substantial science. Two, in other cu- cultures, these propolis is like a tried and trusted immune supporter. It's like the go-to for supporting your immune health. Um, and three, it's working for people around me. It's working for my peer group and they want this. And so I kind of had this dream of like, what if I started a bee product company Um, and I told my parents and I told a few people and everyone's like, that sounds like a really bad idea. You should definitely not do that. Mm -hmm. That's Um, always like clue number one. You're onto something. Yeah, I know. I know hundred percent. But you know, at the time I was like graduating with negative funds and I was really fortunate. I had a job offer out of school. Um, one of my summers when I was in college, I interned at the Bill Clinton foundation and, I was an intern, so I did a bunch of different things. But one of the initiatives that I ran was the prescription drug abuse initiative. So I was the lead researcher on that project. Um, and it was like, you know, a, a, it was a, it worked really hard. And from there, I got a job offer at a hedge fund to join them as a researcher. So it was like, you know, a real adult person job. Totally. New, and I had zero money, negative money. Um, and so I took that job and I went to work at this hedge fund for 10 months and sort of put my dreams of this B product company aside, but was still, you know, I moved back to Toronto to take that job. And I was still like ordering bulk propolis from John and, you know, doing like using it for myself because propolis, it continues to be something I take every single day. Like I, I have propolis, I will probably take propolis every day for the rest of my life um, and it's become kind of a core thing for me it's like the way the way some people take multivitamins I take propolis and it's just what I do to help support my immune system and it's really changed my health so anyways I was still making products for myself um, but I was working in finance and it was good and I did that for about 10 months and then 10 months in I got a job offer from Goldman Sachs and there that's like a big fancy brand name so I took the job and I joined them um and at the start, I was focused on biotech, which was kind of like my niche because I've never really been interested in finance. But if you give me like the science side of it, I can I can get on board with that. Um, and then I was doing that for a while. And then they moved me onto a global macro team. And I just really, I had a great experience working there in a lot of ways. It was, you know, great to see, great to be previewed to like a company of that size. Um, and I learned a lot, but I really wasn't happy. I really, really wasn't happy. And I had this weird thing where I was like, 
I'm successful by all sort of social norms. And I have this like good on paper job. And, you know, I was in New York at the time when I went to Goldman and uh, I should be happy, but like, I hate this (laughs) cocktail party job. Sounds good at a cocktail party. Everyone's like, oh, cool. But really you're like, yeah, it's great. I hate it. But I was, I was really, really unhappy. And it also just like, I didn't care about what I was doing. I didn't really relate to most of my coworkers. Um, you know, the, it was an intense job. I was working long hours as a trader um, and not a trader because that doesn't mean anything to anyone listening probably, but I was an analyst. And so yeah. when you're an analyst, you're doing like all, whatever, whatever your boss wants, you're just doing. Um, so yeah, I was, I, and I basically, you know, I'm an anxious person. If you can't tell very type A. I can't tell I'm anxious too. So I feel like, (laughs) well, I'm obsessed with like, I go down such deep rabbit holes, but, um, I was really, my anxiety like kind of peaked and I was really, really struggling at that time. Um, you know, like not sleeping for days on end, it was pretty bad. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't want this life. And I'm really, really unhappy. Um, and I'm just not like, just not well at all. And so I sat down and I really was trying to think about what brings me joy. And I made a spreadsheet to really get clear on what brings me joy. And, you know, over, I was looking like over the past, so many people have asked me for this spreadsheet and I wish that I have it. And like, I don't even really remember how I set it up, but it was like, one of the thing, one of the many things I did. Um, and I was just looking at like, when, when, when have I been the happiest over the past few years? And the things that I kept coming back to were working with the bees and building health products. And I was like, okay, well, right now I'm in a studio apartment in Manhattan. So I can't really get bees in here. Um, but I can, kind of go back into making health products and working with bee products and, you know, solving these health problems. And so I started sourcing, you know, a larger amount. I was literally like putting my salary into this. I was sourcing a larger amount of bee products. Um, I ordered some lab equipment to my studio apartment. So I got a lot of breaking bad jokes when people came in. And then it got to a point where I was like, no one can come over to my house because this is, this is weird. Um, My house was just like cardboard boxes and uh, like rudimentary chem lab. Yeah. Um, and this is like literally a shoebox studio apartment that I was living in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I started making all these products, of course the propolis, but then started making, you know, other products using Royal jelly and pollen and honey, and just thinking like, what are my own health problems and how can I solve them, you know, using these things. And so I started making these products and I would go to like, pop-up shops and farmer's markets and kind of like anywhere that I could set up a little booth and sell my stuff, I would go um, evenings and weekends. And I started to have this little like customer base. And what was, what was it called at the time? Um, I think I just, I just called it B products. Like I had like a sign that said B products and, okay. you know, it was also like, if I said anything other than B products, people were like, what? Because I kind of like hooked people with bee products because they're like, oh, this is going to be honey. And then they come over and there's no honey. And I'm like, no, I'm reinventing the medicine cabinet. And then I get into conversation with them. And, you know, and so I was really like, I was really championed by young moms. There was a lot of young moms that were looking for, you know, 
they, they didn't feel comfortable giving their kids CVS cough syrup or, you know, I love CVS, no, no shade there, but they didn't feel comfortable giving their kids sort of some of these like conventional medicines or, totally. you know, young professionals who are autoimmune, who just didn't really fit into the system and wanted something they could take on a daily basis to prevent their sore throat and boost their energy and just keep them from the sick days. Um, but something they could feel comfortable taking every day. And so that was kind of my early customer base. And it was like a very slow roll. Like when I say customer base, it was like three people I remember. And then I would go to pop-ups anywhere in the country. So, you know, a lot of my friends will remember these days because I was hardcore couch surfing, but like one of my friends is a yoga teacher and she was teaching at this thing called camp yoga in Colorado. Okay. And so I, she, she like introduced me to the founder and I was like, can I set up a booth? So we have like a little market market. So I flew out to Colorado, all my boxes, like, you know, going to FedEx, shipping stuff to myself, set up a little booth. And I stood at the booth all weekend. And it was like this weekend retreat for a lot of, you know, um, it was mostly again, young women and moms um, in Colorado going to this like camp yoga retreat. And then I had like a little stand that they could buy like stuff. And um, it's really funny because I met this woman, Jackie Carr there and her, she, she's like a big Lululemon person and um, woman's coach. She's an amazing person. And her partner who she worked with, um, Mary Beth LaRue, now Mary Beth's husband is my director of sales. Oh, which is I love really it. funny. Cause like, yeah, it's so funny. Cause like I literally, that was like, I was like 23. Um, and now I like work with one of these women's husbands every day and talk what to him. Riot. Yeah. So, so just funny how that worked out, but anywhere I could go where I could share my products, I was going and I slowly built up this customer base, eventually, you know, had an email list, put up a website and it was just growing by word of mouth. People were reaching out and saying like, Hey, I use the propolis for this and it made me better. And, you know, my six-year-old has, um, Hashimoto's and gets strep throat all the time. And, you know, he's taking this every day before school and he's been doing really well, like, you know, getting really cool stories. And so, um, you know, it kind of just grew naturally over some period of time. And then it got to a point where I was like, I can no longer do this out of my studio apartment. Like I need to like make this a real thing. Um, so end of 2016, I left Goldman and really started like early 2017, really started Beekeepers Naturals and haven't stopped making bee products since. <laughs> Crazy. That must've been scary. Was that scary? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I say it like stopped and did this, but I, I was having panic attacks every day for like a year and a half and talking to everyone and, you know, all my coworkers, like my mentors at Goldman, I would sort of be like, I have this cute little side business. And they would just think it was like silly or cute or a waste of time. And yeah, I, I didn't really have a support system and it's just, it, it's such a leap, you know, going from finance to health and wellness and, and doing something as nuanced as, you know, working with these like esoteric B products to change the way we look at medicine and change the way we look at preventative wellness. Um, so there wasn't, you know, people, there wasn't really like a comp for what I was doing. It was really hard for people to understand, which I now see was my whole opportunity. Um, but I 
people were pretty negative about the idea and I had to gather a lot of courage and just take a leap. And I, at that time I was like, look, I'm sort of like mentally at rock bottom right now. Like my mental health was really not good. So I was like, worst case scenario, I do this thing and it doesn't work. And like, I'm here and I am looking for another job. Um, And that was a risk I was willing to take. So I was really unhappy. I love it. Okay. So then what happens? So you start producing, you find a contract manufacturer, you produce your first product. I remember. So I started like, literally I would go on LinkedIn and message people who worked at Whole Foods and people who just like worked at retailers. So funny, like how many people I messaged that were the wrong people. Like now I know what the right job title is, Um, but I would just message people and, you know, out of like a hundred people, occasionally you'd get like one or two that's like, Ooh, I feel bad for this person. I'll, I'll have a call. I'll have an informational phone call with them. Um, and so I did that enough that I, I was able to get some information on what I needed. I remember the first time someone's like, well, you know, they say, <clears throat> they said, co-man. And I was like, yeah, 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 totally co-man. What's a co-man? Um, so I didn't like know about co-manufacturing. I had no idea about this world. And I basically just like asked questions and used Google to figure it out and continued harassing people until I found someone who would work with me. And that's literally how I started the company. Amazing. And how (laughs) big is it now? Are you allowed to share with us? Yeah. So we have um, 46 employees. We are, you know, we sell our products internationally. We're available um, at Target's across the country, at Whole Whole Foods across the country, Sprouts, most health food stores, most grocery chains. You can also find us on Amazon. Um, yeah, we're, we're out there. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'm a huge fan. I use it with my kids. I use it myself. My kids actually like love it. My one and a half year old knows how to like spray the propolis spray like himself and it'll like go, you know, the wrong way. So I'm always trying to intervene, but we have it out on our, in our bathroom and like we use it a lot. So give everyone like the, what should they have on hand and what should they be using daily and what should they be using when they get sick? So propolis spray, I use that every single day. I think, you know, that's just a good, like all you really need is three sprays a day. It's something that supports your overall immune health, floods your body with antioxidants, fights inflammation. It's something that I think everybody could really benefit from using on a daily basis. Um, Another thing that I use on a daily basis, I have it right here because I was just telling you about it before we started recording, but the biome, we just came out with a complete gut health formula. This is like next level game changer for me. Oh my gosh, not to overshare, but it has like radically changed my digestion. Um, In here, we have propolis as the prebiotic, and then we have a spore-based probiotic, and then a compound called tributrate, which is a postbiotic. So it's pre, pro, and post. It's a complete gut health formula. So everything from, you know, any kind of inflammatory conditions to constipation to just bloating, um, a really great thing to take on a daily basis. We have lozenges. I use our lozenges every day because I think they're delicious and they contain propolis, zinc, and vitamin D. Um, But that's also a great thing to have if you have a sore throat. It will help to reduce the soreness, help with the inflammation, but also, you know, giving your body that dose of propolis, zinc, vitamin D to help you recover. Um, Zero refined sugar. We don't work with refined sugar. 
Um, and there's one gram of sugar per lozenge coming from honey and monk fruit. And then we have our Be Better cough syrup. So that's what you would use when you actually get sick. Um, we have our Be Smart brain shots. So that's something you can use for focus, memory, concentration, supporting your energy levels. We sell bee pollen, which I put on my smoothie every day. And bee pollen, you can kind of think of as like nature's multivitamin. Um, and then we have our bee powered superfood honey, which it's kind of like an all-in-one, a hive all-in-one. So it's a raw honey with therapeutic grade dosages of propolis, pollen, and royal jelly. So in one teaspoon, you're getting 745 milligrams of royal jelly, 532 milligrams of pollen, and 43 milligrams of propolis. So it's kind of an all-in-one. And also just to give, like, finish my beehive 101. So propolis is the immune system of the beehive. Honey is the carbs and the energy source. Bee pollen, the bees collect it literally from flowers. They mix it with their enzymes and they have these little granules. Um, and that is the main protein source of the hives. For humans, bee pollen is really well known for supporting energy levels. It's really high in B vitamins. It's nature's multivitamin. So it's got broad spectrum vitamins and minerals. Uh, it's very bioavailable because it's full of live enzymes. So, you know, there's this issue with multivitamins because sometimes we take stuff and our body doesn't actually absorb it. And um, that's why I really like bee pollen because it's very bioavailable. So I'll do like a teaspoon of bee pollen every day. And I just put it in a smoothie, put it on top of like yogurt or granola. Um, I put it into my little brother's PB and J, which is a fun way to sneak it in for kids, but it's a really great way to kind of give your body all the vitamins and minerals it needs. And then Royal jelly, you can think of as like the brain food of the hive. So royal jelly, it's, um, it's a substance that's secreted from the nurse bees and it's given to newborn baby bees for the first three to five days of development. So you can kind of compare it to like breast milk. So it's like that colostrum. It's like yeah, colostrum. A great comp. Um, so it's given to newborn baby bees. And then after three to five days, they're transitioned off of royal jelly onto a more normal diet of like honey and pollen. Um, and the only bee that continues on her exclusive royal jelly diet is the queen. And it's really interesting because the queen develops very differently than other bees. And, you know, the real difference is that she's having royal jelly. Um, so the queen bee, for example, will lay like 1500 babies a day versus regular female bees don't have reproductive organs. Um, the queen bee will live three, three to five years versus a regular bee who during foraging season will live six to eight weeks. Um, the queen bee is like, if you just Google a picture of a queen bee versus a regular bee, she's like much more robust. Um, so, so royal jelly is like the brain food of the hive. Most Western- Really hive quick, how do you get more queen bees? How do we get more queen yeah, bees? Yeah, like, do the, do the queen bee have to have, give birth to the next queen? Yes. And then so, what? So what will happen, there can only ever be one queen per hive. And so in a really healthy hive where, like, things are thriving, it gets really crowded. And what will happen is the hive will split. So the bees will make another queen. And how they make another queen bee is they make a queen cell. So basically, it's like a bigger room because she's going to be larger. So all the, you know all the larvae will be in, in cells. By the way, there's a siren. Should I wait for it to it's stop? It's fine. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, it's, it's not that loud. Okay, I'm on the 12th floor and you can still hear everything. Ah, it's I hear you. It's new. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, all bees will kind of develop in cells and the, the one who's going to be queen, they just make her a larger cell. And they, so she has a bigger room to develop because she 
is larger and more packed. Um, And she just continues eating royal jelly for longer. And that's how you make a queen. And so what will happen when the hive splits is this new queen will develop. And then half the bees will take off with the new queen to find a new home because there can only ever be one queen. If there's two queens per hive, they'll kill each other. So, you know, if the hive is like really looking to split like that, um, but you need a queen for a hive. If the queen dies, the hive won't survive. So, you know, I've, I've had to like requeen hives before. Occasionally that just happens. So you have to introduce a new queen or wait for the hive to produce their own. Um, but yeah, every hive has to have a queen. So cool. Yeah. I found this woman on Instagram. I can't remember what her name is. You probably know she has like a ton of followers and she doesn't even wear the protective equipment. She just, is it, is it who Texas? Yes. Oh yeah. She's amazing. She goes in with her hands and just scrapes these. She does like bee removal for, I didn't realize like, it sounds like after storms and stuff, bees can, their whole hive can get replaced and people will call and be like, you need to come remove these bees. And they'll be like under their porch or like she removed one from the Tesla factory and she'll, you know, then move them somewhere else. But she's just scraping bees with her hand, wearing no glove or anything. She has no suit on. She's just in like jeans and a flannel shirt you know, just handling bees. I mean, yeah. it's insane. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen on the internet, this woman. I mean, it was yeah, so cool. She's, she's awesome. Um, yeah, bee removals are fun too. So like when the hive splits or if their hive gets destroyed, they'll go out and like look for a new home and they'll seek coverage, you know, in whatever is the best home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, you can, if you're really comfortable, like the bees don't really want to sting you because the bees die when they sting you. Oh, Obviously, really? like thinking that, yeah. but they sting to protect themselves. So if you are really comfortable working with the bees and know how to work the bees and you're kind of calm, um, I mean, I, I sometimes keep without protective gear on, but you know what? I've never done a, a removal the way she does without a bee suit because when I've done removals, that's when the bees are like protecting the queen and more like mad. So it's very fast what she's doing. She's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so Royal jelly, and this is interesting that I want to say I like used Royal jelly to like get rid of my cold sore or something like that. And it was crazy effective. I used to keep like this little thing of it in my fridge. And whenever I'd have like a, I had like, you know, whatever I get cold sores every once in a while when I'm stressed or whatever. And I think it got rid of my cold sore super fast. And propolis is actually really effective for cold sores. Anything viral, like even the propolis just like spray it on a Q-tip and use it. Um, Anything viral or anything inflammatory, like I get psoriasis. And so I'll spray, like I'll literally spray propolis on a cotton ball and like dab it on my psoriasis. So like any kind of inflammatory condition or viral condition, propolis, um, royal jelly. So in like Eastern medicine, royal jelly has been used for a very long time for as like an anti-aging tonic, um, for, for like a hormone stabilizer. Like we have a lot of Chinese medicine practitioners that when like they'll, they'll sell our be powered to their clients and when they're taking a woman off birth control, they typically put her on bee power so she can have some royal jelly. So that's kind of like the Eastern philosophy, but Western science is really focused on the neurological effects of royal jelly. So royal jelly, it's, it's excellent for focus, memory, concentration. Interesting. So she take this like every morning. Yeah. Yeah. I take it every, every work day. I take it five days a week, the brain shots. I'll send you some RB smart shots. They're really good. Cause like there's no caffeine in it. And it's a great way to just sort of, you'll notice just sort of like 
better mental clarity and ability to focus. You're just kind of more in the zone. Um, and the nice thing too is in that formula. So it's, it's super clean. It's just Royal jelly and then Bacopa monnieri, which is an extract from a leaf. It's an adaptogen. So helps with the stress response, helps to protect your body. And then ginkgo biloba, which is an extract from a tree. Um, sorry. I don't know why I didn't turn that notification off. Ginkgo biloba, which is an extract from a tree, which, um, also helps with focus, memory, concentration, also an adaptogen. So, you know, all of our products, like our whole thing is we're trying to sit at the intersection of science and nature. Yes. So what we're trying to do is build things that actually work, that truly deliver on what they say they're going to do. So like our Be Smart shots, they better freaking help you focus and concentrate. And our propolis spray absolutely is here to boost your immune, immune system, help you prevent getting sick, you know, help you just maintain your energy levels. Our B biome is there to support your overall gut health. Um, but what we're trying to do at the core of it is work with different plant-based ingredients, different hive-based ingredients, and build the most efficacious formula using sort of the scientific rigor typical of the pharmaceutical world, but like building everything with stuff from nature. So that's yeah. what we're trying to do. Like, you know, use the scientific process, have you know, studies that support and substantiate every product we put out, do the proper testing, um, really build things the right way, but just, you know, use natural stuff. Yeah. And how are you like, as the company's grown and it's not just like you and John in this woods that you, like, how are you maintaining like this, you know, avoiding the pesticides and where are all your, where's everything coming from? Like, how, how are you handling all that? Hey, so remember I was complaining about supply chain stuff to you yeah. every time we talk. Um, we have a very intense model. So we basically work in pesticide-free zones. So we work in like really remote geographies. Um, so, you know, some of our apiaries, some of our bee products are coming from like the Rockies in Canada. Um, we have an apiary in Brazil we're working with. We have an apiary in Spain. Unfortunately, I can't do a lot of work in the U.S. because of pesticides. So I have to work. So first of all, all of our products, every single product before it gets put in the bottle or brought to market, we do third-party pesticide testing. So that's how we're like more organic than organic. We're actually trying to create the cleanest, purest, safest bee products. Also, I will not make a product that I can't take every day. And I'm like number one guinea pig for reacting yeah, to any, totally. everything. Um, so we, we have an international sourcing model. We work with small scale, sustainable apiaries all over the world. Um, and that's been really cool. Cause we get to, I get to meet a lot of incredible beekeepers with sustainable practices from different parts of the world. And also, how are you finding them? It's, I mean, it's pretty intense. Um, when I started, there was this, there used to be this website. I don't know if it's still around. It's called like honey hunters or something. And it, it was like a global map of different beekeepers, and so I would literally like reach out to beekeepers from that. I would reach like when I literally, when I started, I would find beekeepers on Instagram that were like posting pics and talking about sustainability and talking about the cause and DM them and be like, can we work together? Now, one of my larger partners, um, his name's Dimitri, he's in Canada. Literally, I found him because his wife was an administrator at my best friend's university. And there was like an article about beekeepers naturals. And he reached out and just said he was like interested in beekeeping. And my business has grown with his business. Like we've, we've grown in lockstep and he was like sort of a hobbyist beekeeper. And now he has a full career based on servicing beekeepers naturals. Oh, cool. So it's been really cool because we've been able to find 
you know, small, in, in some cases, small scale individuals that are really working with the bees in the right way, yeah. really with the bees in a way where they're keeping them away from pesticides, where, you know, they're nurturing and nourishing them, um, where, you know, they're holding true to the sustainable practices and being able to grow with them and support their practices and just, you know, really kind of have a hand in changing the industry and changing the way we work with bees. So that's one of the things I'm very grateful that I get to be a part of. I love it. I saw someone posted recently that you mentioned glycemic index, but aside from glycemic index, is there new like information published? I don't know if you're familiar with this, but he was saying like, look, I take back what I said about honey. I don't think it has the effect on our blood sugar. We thought it did. Like, is there new research out on honey and its effects on blood sugar? Uh, there is, there is. So I think there was a study and I'm, I'm everyone should go Google this because I'm going to butcher the numbers because I don't remember them, but it was something in this ballpark where I think like organic cane sugar had something like a 45 and raw honey had something like a 35. So it just doesn't spike your, and please Google this because I probably got those numbers wrong, but it was around that. Um, but basically raw honey does not spike your insulin in the same way. So that's really cool. A lot of people that were very like anti any natural sugar have really endorsed honey. But the other thing is not all bee products have sugar. So like propolis has zero sugar. Pro our propolis is certified keto. Um, our bee smart shots certified keto, like royal jelly is not sweet. Right. Um, but, but yeah, honey, like generally speaking, honey is really great to have. Obviously, you know, if you ate a jar of honey, that would be a lot of sugar, but having like, I have, you know, I have a tablespoon of honey every day. I do like a teaspoon of bee powered in the morning just to boost my energy levels and get like all the bee products. And then before bed, I'll actually do a teaspoon of honey. Um, honey's actually really right to help you sleep. Basically when you have raw honey, it it causes this like slow steady spike versus this like aggressive shoot up. And it allows, um, tryptophan to cross the blood brain barrier where it's converted into serotonin, then melatonin in the dark. So it actually helps your body really calm down. Um, and then the other thing is honey helps to, so this happens often to women as they age is they'll wake up in the middle of the night. Um, and that's, that sometimes happens because they're glycogen. To me. like, okay. So like, this is like quite common. So what could be happening is your glycogen levels and your liver are depleted. So your brain's sort of waking you up in the night with like a crisis search for fuel and having honey before bed, just like a teaspoon, um, because it's slow release. It helps to store the glycogen. It's, it basically stocks the glycogen in the liver. So you don't have that like wake your body kind of waking you up to search, but I do a teaspoon of honey every night before bed. And it has really, really helped. Interesting. I love it. Mm. That's fascinating. Okay. And what about bee venom therapy? Yeah. BVT is really cool. So we don't have products using bee venom, but I'm obviously very interested in it. Um, it's really interesting. Like a lot of people with Lyme disease have had huge benefits from bee venom therapy. So what bee venom therapy is, is literally using the venom from the bee sting. Um, so people will sting themselves with this. The one thing I will say is I, I really encourage people to do it under medical supervision um, because you can develop an allergy, even if you're not allergic, it's that can happen. And you definitely don't wanna you know, go into anaphylaxis yeah. with, it, it can be quite dangerous. Um, but under the right supervision and in the right setting, people are finding tremendous benefits with bee venom therapy. So bee venom is really cool. 
Um, a lot of great nutritional properties to bee venom. One of them is this compound called Melton or Metlin. Another thing guys to Google, cause I'm butchering the pronunciation, but I promise it's really cool. Um, but bee venom, basically it, it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory substance. And so, you know, people are looking at, and it's a powerful antiviral substance. So for things like Lyme disease, it can be really impactful. There is a clinic in Romania that's doing a lot of testing on bee venom for multiple sclerosis. So we're kind of at the early stages of that. Uh, you know, I think generally we're at the early stages of sort of relearning about how to work with bee products from bee venom to propolis. I think, you know, it, I really believe that these different products are going to change the way that we look at our own health, change the way we heal, change the way we look at medicine. Um, it's also really interesting. Like if you look at beekeepers and there's a lot of factors that go into this beekeeping is also a profession that happens in nature. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of factors here, um, a lot of variables, but beekeepers have really low instances of cancer. And so I think, you know, there's, I feel very strongly about incorporating medicinal grade bee products into your routine. Um, I think we're going to be hearing more about it over the years. There's definitely more energy going into studying this, which is really, really cool. I mean, our cough syrup, literally that was like everything we build is inspired by third-party science. So with our cough syrup, basically I read this study and it was looking at um, dextromethorphan. Dextro is like the active ingredient in Robitussin and like whatever cough syrup you would use, it's typically dextro-based. And so there was a study and it was comparing dextromethorphan to buckwheat honey. Buckwheat honey is a specific honey varietal coming from the buckwheat plant. And it was a study done looking at upper pediatric respiratory infections. So kids with respiratory infections. And it found that buckwheat honey was just as effective as dextro for upper pediatric respiratory infections. So when I saw that, I was like, why would you want to give some a kid dextro? Like if buckwheat honey is just as effective and buckwheat honey is full of antioxidants and it's natural and it can be produced sustainably, why would we use dextro to like, you know? So that was that was what inspired us creating Be Better cough syrup. So that's kind of how we build everything. And there's so much science in this area. Um, so it's really exciting. It's, it's really fun. I get to like read cool studies and build things that help people. I love it. Okay, I have a few like quick, quick ones for you. So who is inspiring you these days? Who's inspiring me? Um, probably my team. Um, it's really cool. I mean, you've had this experience as the company grows, getting to work with people that are subject matter experts and that are, you know, much smarter than you. Yeah. Um, that's been amazing as the company grows, getting to work with people that are really talented in these different areas that I was kind of like fumbling with. Uh, and I'm so inspired by getting to work with people that challenge me, challenge the way I think, teach me new things. So definitely. I love, I love it. What is, you mentioned autoimmune and I feel like you're a researcher. So I want to know like, what's your diet like these days? Like what's in the, what's it like a day in the life? Like, so can't eat gluten, can't eat dairy. Um, I don't really eat refined sugar. I, I really stay away from it. I'll eat fruit. I eat a lot of honey and bee products. So that's where my sugars come from. I don't think sugar, you know, I don't think sugar from natural sources is like evil necessarily. Um, but it's, I, I pretty much follow an anti-inflammatory protocol. So that's what I eat. It's like a lot of smoothies, 
a lot of like gluten-free toast with peanut butter like this morning, gluten-free toast with peanut butter, bee pollen and blueberries. Sounds weird, but it's so good. Um, um, and then, yeah, a lot of like fruits, vegetables, kind of whole food diet sort of thing. Primal any animal protein. Yeah, I do eat animal protein. Um, not on a daily basis. And I'm pretty conscious about where my animal protein is sourced from. And that's for me, animal protein and the way that I approach it, it's more from like a sustainability standpoint. Um, like I really try if I'm going to have animal protein and, you know, I'm not, per I'm definitely not perfect with this, but to the extent I can, I want it to come from, you know, a biodynamic farm and I want it to be grass fed and all of those things. But I also don't eat animal protein probably like, or I'll eat animal protein maybe like once a week. Got it. Yeah. Eggs. Also like, like that's included in animal protein. I just don't Got eat it. animal protein on a daily basis, but that's what's like dinner. Like then, um, I eat a lot of like beans, nuts, seeds. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. I mean, I do like fun stuff with bonza, chickpea pasta. Love it. I do all kinds of like fun, creative plant-based stuff, but yeah, I do. I, I do eat meat. I just, it's not like for me personally, not a huge staple and, and I actually do pretty well without it. So love it. What's the worst thing you've ever done for your health? <sighs> the worst thing I've ever done. I mean, I was not great. With, I ate a lot of candy growing up. Yeah. That was I can't believe that. That's so funny. The candy that this is so big for you. You know, I used to go to this candy store called sugar. I would literally like, and like, this is like, even in high school with like my babysitting and waitressing money, I would go to this candy store called sugar mountain and buy like, I don't know if you've ever had this, but like the squeezy toothpaste, like just like the most. Oh like, yeah. It's just like straight sugar in gel form. Oh yeah. Like I don't, I don't know why I liked that so much. Like I, I would eat like ring pops all the time. Like, yeah, really, really bad. Um, eat all the marshmallows out of Lucky Charms. And I was like, why do I feel sick all the time? Um, and then also probably alcohol when I was working in finance, um, that was like very normalized. And so I drink a lot more and I feel like I am not really interested in drinking anymore. Probably yeah, me neither. Yeah, my experiences earlier on. I know. I, I, I feel like I just drank enough from the ages of like 16 to 22. Yeah. I did a cleanse at, when I was living. I came home from Columbia. I was living in South America for years. I did a standard process cleanse. This is like a company in Wisconsin that grows all their own herbs that go into their supplements and stuff. It's actually a pretty cool supplement company. But And I cut out like alcohol, gluten, dairy. And I just like never really went back to drinking alcohol again after that. Like I, because... I just wouldn't feel good. I don't know. I think once you, if you're on the, <laughs> I was not like an alcoholic by any means, but I was very social and a social drinker. Yeah, right? So was. yeah. And anyway, yeah. I mean, I'll drink occasionally now, but I don't really enjoy it either. I think it's something that I just feel better without. Yeah. Like, Same. Once yeah. you cut it out, you really do feel that difference. So. I know it's so true. Um, okay. This is my last favorite question, but what's something most people don't know about you? Um, hmm. I'm freakishly obsessed with Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. Like the most obsessed. Like, give me an example. I mean, all of my rings have like Harry Potter subscription, like Harry Potter. Um, what's Quals. it called? Yeah. On the inside. Like I had them like 
put in. Um, I'm planning my wedding right now. And we were talking to my husband and or my partner and I were talking to our wedding planners. And I was like, let's do like a Harry Potter theme. And he's, he's like, she means more of like magic. And I was like, no, I mean, Harry Potter. <laughs> so which one I have to know, like what's inscribed in the rings. Can you tell us? Yeah, this one says Lumos. Um, and then my engagement ring says always, which is Harry Potter. I love it. What is Lumos? Lumos is the spell for light. Oh, this is great. And my, the guy I'm marrying when we started dating, I was like, you have to read all seven Harry Potter books or like, I cannot date you. So, you know, at 30, like 33 years old, he read all of the Harry Potters and I was like, okay. You've made the cut. <laughs> Listen, I love Harry Potter. When I was living also in South America, we'd go into these bookstores and they'd have like a small English English section, right? So I did. I was limited in what books I could buy. This was like before, I don't know, the Kindle wasn't really something I was backpacking with, right? And I traveled around with all of the Harry Potter books and read them all in South America. And I I, I do love Harry Potter too. I think my obsession ended when I finished the last book, but I, I really appreciate that about you. That's wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. This was awesome to connect as always. So fill everyone in on where they can find you. And I just really appreciate you spending time with us today. Yeah, so you can find us beekeepersnaturals.com. Our Instagram is beekeepers underscore naturals. We have all the information on how you can affect your health with bee products, how you can save the bees, um, what's happening with the cause, why bees are important. We also sell our products at Whole Foods across the country and at Target, so you can find us there. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Carly.